I've hinted before that my job is to help you and your listeners form a love affair. I've come up with three guiding principles to help explain what I mean. Hello there. Welcome to the Podcast Owner's Manual, your handy guide to looking after your podcast and yourself. I'm Mark, your podcast consultant, and today I have prepared three laws of attraction, or uh, commandments, if you will, to help your listener fall in love with you. So why, why do we talk about love? Well, love can be expressed in, in different ways, and it can be different things. So it's just watching... The Last of Us, um, the new HBO series based on a video game, and there are uh, there was a what they call a bottle episode, which told the story of of two men who fell in love under blighted circumstances, and it's it's about two people who show love in very different ways. One of them is is very inward and protective and. I would say small C conservative, but this character happened also to be very big C conservative. But it's about protecting. You know, you are valuable to me. I'm going to protect protect you, keep you safe, and woe betide anyone who gets in my way or or, or tries to, you know, get in yours. And then there's the other or another type of of expression of love, which is very outward and colourful, and it's about sharing. I want to share. I want to tell the world. I want everyone to know. The first one wasn't about shame. It wasn't about anything like that. It was simply about protection and preservation. And and again, holding inwards and pushing everything in. Whereas this, there's this other expression, which is much more pushing outwards and, and let's share and show and be vocal and be loud and sort of in your face and I really like that as as an interesting dichotomy, and I think it helps us because this idea of love, when we think, I'm just making my podcast about uh, uh, crochet or whatever, you know there's love in there. And it's it's really, I'd love you to try and think about how you can pinpoint that love so that your listener can find it. So, you know, it, it, it can be, it can be quiet and subtle, or it, it can be loud and, and, and bombastic. You can express that love any way that you want, and your listener will express their love via the channels that you open for them. We'll talk about how you might open some of those channels, but I want you to, to sort of think about that. Yes, we, we get to express our love for the subject matter, our love for, if not the listener as a person, the thing, the love for the thing you share, the love for that connection. And if that's easier to focus on than thinking about, I have to love all of these people who I don't know. Instead, think about loving the connection, the thing that brings you together and expressing that love. And I think through expressing that love, that's where your your listener will fall in love with you. And why why we want to do that is because... If your listener loves the show and loves you, then, you know, frankly, you, you've got it made in the shade. And I don't mean that in a manipulative way because, it, you know, if it was love, it wouldn't be 
one would hope, manipulative in that way. It's about building a really strong relationship. That's what we're about. That's what we're trying to do. And if we want to be able to help people, to work with people, and yes, that might mean at some point raising an invoice for that person. But it's about establishing that relationship and that connection and growing it. Because someone who, when there is love, I won't say directly loves you, right? But where there is love, where there is that connection, that connection can follow you from project to project. Because if they feel that connection and that connection is is preserved, then the thing you're doing right now might be of interest, but you might move to something else at another point and they're much more likely to come along with you on that journey because there's that love that that is shared. There's that connection there. So with that in mind, let's take a look at my three podcast laws of attraction. So number one is... Hold the listener exclusively in your attention. Speak to your listener as an individual. And remember, your podcast is the only thing they're listening to right now. They're not watching you on TikTok or YouTube. They're not with you in a Crowdcast or a LinkedIn Live. They're in their own space and time. It's their space and you're being welcomed into it. Now, a lot of what we do by necessity, by limited time, limited budget, or at least being conscious of that budget, is thinking about how can we make our content go further. It's perfectly sensible. I wrote a whole ebook on this last year about how we can use podcasting as the center of a larger, you know, as the as the the, the bit in the middle of a dandelion clock, if you like. Uh, the seed? I don't actually know what that bit is. Anyway, how we can use our voice, how we can use the podcast as a way then, as the seed of all this content that can be repurposed. And if that's your bag, then how does this work? Well, one of the the most valuable ways at the moment that we can help our audio spread is through short-form video. It's not how we establish a connection, but it might be how we get a bit of attention. It's it's not going to build that, that love affair, but it might be a knock at the door to say, hey, I've got a thing, and you might like it, and then they can sort of come in. So if short form is something that you want to play with, uh, then that often is at odds with the kind of audio that I at least help people make, which is, as we've talked about before, it's slower. It's a bit more considered. Still, it's, you know, it's, it's edited, but it's not edited with that sort of twitchy, super low attention span kind of thing. That's not necessarily what I advocate for. And so what I think is a, is a potentially more sustainable... Because also part of the problem is, so let's say you're doing a LinkedIn Live or a, or a YouTube Live or something like that, or a Crowdcast, and everyone's on, on camera, that's fine. But if everyone's not comfortable being on camera, or they just, or it doesn't look good, you know, the audio might sound fantastic, but the, the video might not be good, it's cameras up their nose or whatever, then have a look at another way of doing things, which... I think I think can work for pretty much any kind of podcast, which is using B-roll. So B-roll is this uh, term in, in video, and it basically means anything that isn't the main 
thing that is being filmed. So uh, in video uh, or TV journalism, you might have heard the term a noddy. So a noddy is when... Uh, so local journalist goes out and do, does their uh, their report on a school teacher, and they sit down with a school teacher, and they have a little interview. And that that interview is filmed with one camera, but they're cutting in between with the interviewer asking questions. The get the the the, uh, the the school teacher is answering them, and then every now and again we cut back and we see the interviewer nodding. That those nods are recorded separately. Sorry to break the fourth wall, <laughs> but they're recorded separately. They're called noddies, uh, and they're, they're used for covering up uh, cuts because on the TV we don't like jump cuts. They're not meant to be there, so we cover them up with what's called B-roll. Now you can use B-roll when you're making videos. You can. Uh, there, there are all sorts of places where you can go to get stock video footage for free. Uh, Pexels being one of them. So Pexels is one of these websites that has, you know, like Unsplash, basically. It has stock uh, images, but they also have a selection of video. Now, it's never going to be quite as many by sort of by orders of magnitude. It's not going to be as many as with uh, images, but there are there and uh, they, they are there and there are quite a few different services available. And I've, I've linked a bunch uh, in the show notes as well. Um, you can also use GIFs. GIFs are, can be quite a, a funny way of, of being able to do this as well. So what you can do then is take a piece of interesting audio from your podcast, from your latest episode, and rather than think about having to record video, instead take that audio and record B-roll. Make it make it a little thing. Make it, um, you know, whatever you've talked about, find relevant uh, images, photos. You know, if, if you're if you've just got photos, you can use what's called the Ken Burns effect, where you just very slowly pan and zoom in and out of a video. It just gives it a little bit, or, or of an image, just gives you a little bit more dynamism to the video. So, and you can cut these together with relative ease. Um, so, have a look at that rather than trying to think. Because I, I saw. Um, a LinkedIn video or something uh, a week or so ago that's about how this person gets these great clips that look like they've been uh, made exactly, you know, just for TikTok, but they're actually part of the podcast episode, uh, but it's just how they position the mic and the camera, and it sounds like a lot of work, and you're never going to get your guests to do that, right? Not at this stage. Maybe if you're diary of a ceo guy yeah maybe you can you can sit there and you know if you've got a team and maybe they can go hey can you do that again but can you look over here so that you're looking directly into the camera like none of that actually works in the real world so what does is rather than trying to make this video this short form video instead use use b-roll and take that audio take that interesting piece of audio it's so much better than an audiogram and then the, the one final bit i will say on this piece is don't make the video an ad for your episode, right? This is really important. I've seen those, and they can be produced really well, but they're not adding value. They are trying to get you to watch or do something else. And because that's their purpose, it's a lot easier to skip on on past. Find an interesting bit. Find And, and when I say interesting bit, I also don't mean like, a bit where you need to listen to the rest of the episode to get it. Like, actually deliver a nugget here. Deliver a little nugget of value in your in your little video, if that's what you want to do. 
actually deliver the whole package in there and don't make your metric of success whether you convert to listeners, whether that translates directly to downloads, because it might, but it probably won't. What it will do is help reinforce and remind people, oh, or right, it might introduce you to new to new strangers who might start following you and see more of them and go, you know what, actually, I'm starting to dig this. I want to get in and, and listen to the full episodes. That's much more likely to happen if you can deliver an, a little self-contained atomic unit of entertainment or information that they can connect with and consume and the whole loop is closed for them rather than them think, oh, okay, they're, they're trying to you know, de-platform me, as in they're trying to move me off platform and, and go somewhere else. This is just a trailer. Actually make it a thing. Uh, so continuing, um, if you're speaking with a guest, always remember that the listener is the person having the experience. Keep a sense of what they care about in the back of your mind and equally be mindful of what they don't care about. What they do or don't care about should be aligned with who you want to have as your listener, not who you have now necessarily. So what I mean there is your listeners, you know, I'm starting to pivot from necessarily things like productivity and small hacks and things like that. I'm I'm still absolutely about that because my brain loves that kind of stuff. But hopefully as you're starting to notice, what I'm talking much more about is this longer term relationship building because that's a little bit more of what I'm better at communicating, I think, uh, because lots of people can talk about productivity hacks and stuff. Um, and it's it's also, it's just where my interest lies and, it, and it, I find it really satisfying. Um, so what I'm thinking about is making my content for the people that I want to be here, which is you, rather than the people that maybe were here at the very start of when this this used to, this used to be on another feed this used to be called what's your problem and it was aimed at a slightly different audience it was a little bit more like uh, it was a little bit more sort of generic podcaster come on uh, you know bring your problem to me and I'll, I'll answer the question this is much more now about a different kind of thing and so i'm thinking about everything i do i'm thinking about you as someone who is into this idea or at least will sit still for it about this idea of building a relationship I find this little exercise helpful when you are thinking about how you speak to the listener, because this this concept is so important. You are speaking to an individual. It's a, it's a drum that I will continue to bang because I really, really, really feel at the base of my being. This is one of the most important things you can do. There's a reason that people have been doing this in radio for, well, I don't know if they've been doing it for a century, Um but it's been around, it could well be, it's been around for a long time, this idea that we speak to a single, to an individual person. So how can we, how can we imagine that? Especially when we're, we're, we're chatting to a guest, how can we be thinking about the listener as well? And the, the way I like to think about this is imagine that you're in a local radio studio, it's a little, small little studio, and you're doing the interview. You're, so you're, you're sat there with a guest and you're interviewing them about you know, your thing. And then every now and again, you might want to sort of turn to the, the to, to the listener and address the listener. And maybe there's a question that you want to pose or you want to clarify something. And what I want you to imagine there is there's a producer in, in a little booth 
just just off just just off to the left or whatever that's the person that you're speaking to that is the surrogate for your audience they are the representative they are the the conduit that that's so so that's the person with the with the knobs and the dials and the and and the and the levers and things that's that's you know that's what they're doing but they when you have remarks that you want to leave to the listener that's who you direct them to so I want you to try and think about that. If this doesn't necessarily come naturally to you at the moment, I mean, I'm sat here staring at a wall. I'm used to doing this. It's absolutely fine. I can hold this sort of idea in my mind quite easily and address you. It's not easy for everyone. I completely get that. And it certainly wasn't easy for me when I started doing it uh, a near 20 years ago, pretty much. So, Try and have that as a little mental picture. You're still speaking to your guest across the table, but somewhere in the, in, in your periphery is that producer. And when you've got to have a word with the audience, that's who you're speaking to, to that one person. It makes such a difference. You can hear it in the voice when it's being directed to one person. Okay, number two. Now, this might feel a little bit, this might make you a little bit prickly, but try and stick with me if you can. Number two, honour the listener's time over yours. That doesn't mean you don't respect your time. It just means you have choices or you make choices that demonstrate you value their time, even at the expense of your own. And something to to remember here is that podcasting is a one-to-many relationship. So by spending, say, an extra half an hour on editing, you're saving all all of your listeners' time. If you've got 100 listeners, that's, you know, 100 half hours, <laughs> 50 hours that you've spent, that you've that you've then saved people effectively. Not, you know, you haven't necessarily saved them half an hour. You might have saved them a lot more depending on what you've cut. So think about that. Think about the cumulative effect that you can have on your listeners and on their time by being able to spend a little bit of your own. That's the joy of a sort of a one-to-many relationship. Now, I don't always practice what I preach, and and I certainly didn't last week. The episode went really long. It went super long because I kind of got carried away. And I actually I had a lot to talk about. And sometimes I get into a tangent. I'm not, not very good at pulling myself out of it. Um, I lose track of time when I speak sometimes. But what I try and do, what I'm trying to do here, and what I would sort of counsel anyone who who wants to cut down on the editing is have a think about that because there has to be some kind of let's call it curation at either end of the process so that's either being done beforehand or it's being done after so it's it's preparation so that uh, a great example is there's a a, a youtube well, it's not really a youtuber but there's um a tech journalist who i uh, holding in in great uh, great esteem, called Tom Merritt, who does a daily tech news show every day. It's called the Daily Tech News Show, and every day he goes live. He has a co-host and he has uh, a guest or two, and he has a producer. In fact, he has a, a couple of producers now. But he used to do this with just him and a co-host or a guest, and he would do. And he's done it pretty much every day for the last. <gasps> Ooh, eight years, nine years, I think. Yeah, nine years. Pretty much every day. I don't. He's hardly the show has has hardly missed a day 
And he's able to put out a tight, a bright and tight sort of half hour kind of show every day because him and his team spend hours, you know, a good couple of hours beforehand, you know, through the day and in the morning, he's looking at his news feeds, he's collating the stories, they know what they're going to talk about, they have timings so that they can keep to time, so that they can make that show bright and tight. And it's not because they're trying to fit into a radio slot. It's because they know if we don't do this, if we don't keep an eye on the time, we're going to keep drifting. We have to at some point go, right, time to move on. And there's a few different techniques uh, that you can explore for that kind of thing, which we can talk about uh, later. So you sort of, in a way, you kind of do the editing either before the episode or after the episode, but you've got to do it at some point, right? I'm sitting here with copious notes. I know what I'm going to say. They're all here in bullet points. I've done the editing beforehand because I find it far easier than having more vague notes and then having to listen back and go, oh, no, that wasn't a great point or, you know, I, I repeated myself here or whatever. Right now, where most of us are or where most of, you know, where, where you may be in your process, I would say lean more on editing because it takes time and experience uh, and, a, and a, a fair bit of stumbling. Like I said, I've been doing this sort of kind of thing for, you know, on and off 20 years and I still get it wrong, right? Now, I, I, I think last week's episode was a good episode. I didn't receive any complaints about it. But in my head, I'm like, oof, I looked at the time and that was too long. And, you know, I don't want to uh, be in danger of uh, going too long again. Listen back to what you've got and, and then think about what a listener needs to know and what they don't need to know. Where are you maybe sharing too much detail? Now, I know not everybody wants to listen back for all sorts of very, very, very valid reasons. Um, so another idea is, so you, there are there are people who wear it as an almost a badge of honour, this idea of, I don't edit. And there are some who are like, I, I just can't. I don't have the energy. It's not how my brain works. I just want to be able to move on. And to that I say, eh, <laughs> that's my response is a little bit, you know, lovingly, kindly, is, eh, is that good enough? For what we're doing, is that good enough? Now, again, with 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 love and support, I don't think it is. I don't think it's good enough. Forget the badge of honour stuff, right? That that's a, that's a separate issue. That's for bros who think they're raw and real and they have shows called, like, Real Talk or whatever. That's not us. But I do understand getting to the end of an episode and be like, oh, wow, I do not have the energy. This is not going to be good for me. It's just going to it's just going to be draining to have to sit here and edit my voice or edit this episode. Like, it's done. It needs to be done. I need to be able to move on. To which I will say, lemon, lemon, lemon. Why did I say lemon, lemon, lemon? Well, um, this is a device that I've sort of borrowed from a chap called Merlin Mann who started doing this in some of his uh, podcast episodes. I sort of, in a way, wish that he wish that he wouldn't because it, it's a peek behind the curtain, but also it's actually a useful reminder that you can do these things. So for me, I, I've picked these words. He uh, So Merlin Mann, when he wants to remind himself that he needs to put something in show notes, like a link to something he's he's talked about or, or whatever. He will say tippy toe lemon tree. 
And I think he said it enough times where he said, I'm going to put this in notes, tippy toe lemon tree, where you sort of, you understand. Well, because I understand his process. His process is he will record and then he will throw his episode into Descript and he will have a, uh, he will then have the transcript. He can then search for the phrase tippy toe lemon tree which means then he can sort of spool back and go, oh, what was it that I was talking about? Or just read the transcript. Oh, okay, I need to find that note. Now, for me, I tend to try and do all of that stuff beforehand, but if I've made a boo-boo or if I need to go and answer the door or something else happens on this recording, I can say lemon, 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 and then I will throw my audio into Descript. I can search for lemon, and if I see three in a row, I'm like, okay, I know there's an edit point there. I'm actually putting this in in practice in, in another show that I record. Because of, of partly my nature and my co-hosts, we're able to effectively do the show live. Luckily, we don't have internet lag, because that would be a big thing for me, is we can actually speak pretty spontaneously, and there's there's no real noticeable internet lag uh so you know and we can see each other so we're not talking over each other too much and when we do it's not egregious and so it's very little that i have to edit i will take take out the occasional pause which is me going back to my notes and thinking okay how do we move to the next segment but if i really need to make an edit point i will say lemon 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 if you're doing this live you can do this if you're doing a linkedin live remember your linkedin live it's only really going to be watched once and then forgotten about. I don't mean that you are forgettable. And I don't mean that the content is forgettable, but they won't remember. Why did that person say lemon, 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 and then not explain it? You can explain it. You can say lemon, lemon, lemon. By the way, for you watching live, that means I'm making an edit. I'm putting a marker in so that I can go and edit later. Okay, so that's why I just said that. And then you move on. They're not, that's not going to be a weird thing. You can do that in your LinkedIn Live, in your YouTube Live. Because for the most part, when you finish, so a YouTube Live is a slightly different thing because the video sort of just sits there kind of unedited, which, eh. Uh, again, eh, edit. Think about that. I, I, I would press upon you. And, and when I say edit, it does not have to be that egregious. That's what I'm talking about here. The, the other show, Ease, was a, was a requirement. It had to be easy to produce. I'm extraordinarily lucky that the other person has an encyclopedic knowledge of their subject area, and my job is basically to tip them upside down and let it all come out and make them sort of feel cool in the process and then just grease the wheels and and help lift it up to the high shelf of the internet. And that's my job. And so I'm not getting paid to do that. I'm doing that because this person needs to share what they've got. And so when we are making the show, I really want to make it as easy as possible. I want to have that ease. And so I'm doing, you know, my co-host is doing a lot of prep, that sort of pre-editing. But then when we do come to record, which we do live, one of us can say lemon, lemon, lemon. And then all I've got to do is just go back and find those bits and cut them out. Super easy. That is not egregious. That is my take on that okay final point number three anticipate the listener's needs any action you want the listener to take should be within reach 
put links in show notes so that listeners can connect with guests or watch a TED talk that was discussed. The website should make finding the latest episode and playing it easy along with following the show in their app of choice. And this one's nice and easy and prosaic. Well, prosaic might not be the right word, but give you a real-life example of, of anticipating needs. I've got someone coming around, uh, around the flat in a few days' time, and they occasionally have mobility concerns that can be unpredictable. And so I said, I says to him, I says, well, here's the number of steps. I just counted the number of steps, and I said, there are 14 steps from the ground to my flat front door. Because that way, they can deal with that information. And they got why I was saying that. Um, that was just my way of being able to say, I understand, you know, you might have this concern whether you need to take a, a, a quick rest at the end of, of the steps or you need some help. You, you, you know, this is your permission to ask for help. This is me demonstrating that I've heard and understood. And right, you, you get it. <laughs> um, so what are some of the ways that we can anticipate our listeners' needs? Like I said, links in show notes, really, really important. Link to the things that you've discussed in chronological order. If you mention a thing, put it in the notes. Just start getting that in your head if it's not in there already. If you mention a thing, if it's a noun, if it has a capital letter, it's a good way of putting it. Like if it has a capital letter, put it in the show notes. If it's Googleable, do the Googling and then link to it in the show notes. And a quick note on, on what linking is. It doesn't mean just putting the, uh, as we call the naked web address. So I never want to see in your show notes, HTTPS colon slash slash www dot LinkedIn. Like, I don't want to see that. What I want to see is follow this person on LinkedIn or connect with Jane on LinkedIn. And that be blue and underlined indicating it's a tappable link. That's what I want to see. You can do that. Every podcast host will let you do that. If you can't do that, move to another podcast host. There is this myth that you can't, that you, you have to like put some explanatory text and then a colon and then the full web address. Don't do that. It's it's it, for lots and lots of reasons. Um, I have a full video on, on how to do this kind of stuff anyway, uh, which is available at uh, uh, the website, origin.fm. Quick wins, four things to link to. LinkedIn profiles, Instagram profiles, Mastodon links. I would have said Twitter, but Twitter's dead. Um, I use bookshop.org for books. And if they're not available, then I will fall back to Amazon. But I always try, if someone's talking about a book, which you know, lots of, uh, of my, my clients do when I'm editing, there's lots of books that go around, whether it's Atomic, Atomic Habits, which I talk about a lot, or, or The Body Keeps the Score or whatever, I'm always going to bookshop.org to find the book. And at this point, I'm probably thinking I need a little uh, Excel sheet or something um, where I can just look up the book and, and get the link that way because I keep searching the web. But anyway, use, use bookshop.org just because... I, it's just a, it's a little nicer, isn't it? It's just a, I, I find it's just a little nicer, um, but you can also just obviously just just link to Amazon. Um, if you need to share images, or if you want to share images, um, some podcast hosts will let you upload images, but most apps won't show them. So just link to the image, upload it somewhere. That can be tricky sometimes. I know if you know if it's your own image or whatever. I, it would be out of scope of this episode to, to talk about how we do that, but essentially what you want to try and do is just link to the image, uh, and then when that link is tapped, it just shows the image. So that's the thing you can do. Remember tweets, Instagram posts, LinkedIn articles. This is stuff you can link to. The web is re this is what the web is literally for. That's why it's a web. That's why we call it the web, is because it's it. There are all of these strands that are linked together. Linking is the 
it's it's the lingua franca of the web and the web includes your podcast you are part of the web and the web is part of you um really 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 do this honestly i think there is this idea now since we moved to an app based world that somehow we can't link to things you absolutely can you can link to an instagram image and it will show up in their browser it might even open the app for them directly to that image you can link to a tweet and the same thing will happen if the if the user or if the listener has got the twitter app open or a twitter app installed on their phone and they tap a link to a tweet it will open that tweet in their app if that's news to you that's awesome i'm really i'm really pleased about that um i i want you to to really remember this like so many of these things that you have the share button you know often it's top right it's the little arrow it's a little box with an arrow tap that and you'll get a link in almost all places if it's a proper app you'll get a link that says copy link or whatever use that because when you can save people time Again, you're anticipating their needs if they're interested. I, I, I hear it all the time, you know. People talk about images. People talk about – there was – here's another example, actually. Listening to this podcast that said, um, welcome to the podcast or the YouTube show. It was an interesting discussion, but it took me a while to try and figure out what, what are they trying to say there with the brand name? Like, what, what is it that – what's the word there that they're trying to say? Because I can't, I can't actually figure out what that word is. Whereas if it's, in the, if it's linked – I can just go directly to that brand, whether it's the website, whether it's a LinkedIn profile, whatever. If someone's got a name that I'm not understanding, if it's a it's a you know a name that I'm not familiar with, or a pronunciation that I'm not familiar with, or a spelling, whatever, I can find them on link on LinkedIn if you link to them, <laughs> and then I can connect with them. And I'm grateful to you for doing that. So what else might your listener need? They might need a way to feedback. They might need a way to contribute back to the show. So have a look at Pod Inbox, which is a free service also linked in the show notes, where people can leave voice, mate, uh, voice notes for you. Uh, you. They might want a way to chat with other listeners and, and connect, maybe connect with you, maybe connect with, with other people that, that are into this. You know, you've got Facebook, LinkedIn groups for that, subreddits, Discord servers, Slack workspaces, uh, WhatsApp groups. You can even use Circle. Circle is a community platform that absolutely is missing a trick by not having a free a free version. I'm very upset that they don't, but it's really good. It's a really good product. Uh, it's 39 bucks a month, which I think is steep. They absolutely should have a free tier. But it's really it's it's really good. It's a really clean interface, really easy to use. You can organize, you can create a community really well. So, you know, there's so many options there for you um, to be able to build uh, a space for people, which, again, helps anticipate their needs. So there may be other needs that your listener has. So it's worth taking uh, a brief sort of minute to have a think about what those might be. So in conclusion, then, as we as we wrap up here, uh, let's just go over those those final points or so those three points. Number one, hold the listener exclusively in your attention. Number two, honor their time over yours. And number three, anticipate their needs. Now, remember, this is a balance. I want you to keep those three principles like Asimov's laws of robotics. Keep them as inalienable principles. How you implement them will change. And that's that's up to you. You know, the actual fundamental implementation details are absolutely down to you. 
and you can pick and choose and, and you can find what, what works for you and what doesn't. But I think those three principles are the, the sort of the cause to, to bear in mind. And last parting example is, um, as I was prepping for this yesterday, uh, yesterday, I got a spam email and it said, uh, it sort of opened with, as a founder or leader, and it's, again, it's like that thing about the YouTube, this is a welcome to the podcast or the YouTube show. By introducing it like, by opening like that, you've sort of said, well, this is for no one then, neither, because I haven't considered either. Think about and pick out that one person that you want to reach. Where are they? How are they getting in touch? They're most likely, almost always, well, always, they're going to be listening to you. There's going to be a small group of hardcore people who will be there in the live environment. And maybe that's how they want to show up, and that's great. But that's ephemeral. Even if that video stays up, it's still being watched and listened to after the fact. So links to the stuff that I talked about uh, are at podcastownersmanual.com. They're also in your uh, podcast app right now. So go and take a look if there's uh, any other things that you want to check out. Um, I'd love to see you at the next Vocal Brew Meetup. Uh, we are meeting up every month online over Zoom. And uh, if you want to join me, vocalbrew.club is the place to go for that. So this has been a real treat. Thank you for spending uh, another ooh, 40-ish minutes with me. It's been a real pleasure. And I hope that uh, there's something you can take away from this. Mark at origin.fm if you want to get in touch and discuss any of this stuff. But until next week... Take care of yourself, and we'll chat again soon.